Good evening. Well, now that we've finished our study in the book of Revelation, I thought that this evening we might have a brief talk about some of the things that might encourage us to maybe sit down at home and read through the book as we recall some of the things that we have learned from it over the past few months. Now, it'll take you less than two hours if you do it in one sitting, but don't rush it. Take the time to think about it. We know that the word revelation means to reveal or to disclose. Now, it's a translation from the original Greek title of the book, the Apocalypse of John. The word apocalypse, it comes from the Greek word, which literally means to pull the lid off. So in this book, we have read about those hidden things that John has seen and heard. Now, we know that John was led by the Holy Spirit, but he was guided by the angels, and he heard the words that were spoken from the throne room of God, and then he was instructed to write everything down for all to read. You see, this book is not a book that we should avoid. It is a book that should be read. Now, we've seen that the book is, is written in the style of some of the Old Testament uh, books, such as the book of Daniel. And it's written in a style that the first readers of the book would have been familiar with. And Revelation is full of Old Testament references, figurative language, and symbols representing the things that are beyond our full comprehension. But they are there to help us in our understanding of the deeper things of God. You know, it's a bit like the way Jesus spoke in parables. Parables that would open the eyes of the people, helping them to understand the truth of what Jesus was saying. We've seen how the Lord has pulled back the curtain so that John can glimpse the things that the Lord wants us to know. Things that we may not fully understand, but we have seen them as being the words of truth. A truth that has been delivered directly to John from God, and then to be delivered to us. Now we know that only God has all the answers. You see, the Lord is the omnipotent, the omniscient, the omnipresent, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present God. And we have realized that here in the book of Revelation, we are being given only a glimpse of some of the things that are far beyond our understanding. But we can accept the wonderful truth of who the Lord is. He is the one who knows the wise and the wherefores. He is the one who is in complete control. So, we can say with confidence these words from the hymn, you know the hymn. I do not know what lies ahead, the way I cannot see. But one who stands near to be my guide, he'll show the way to me. I know who holds the future, and he'll guide me with his hand. With God, things don't just happen. 
everything by him is planned. So, as I face tomorrow, with its problems, large and small, well, I'll trust the God of miracles and give to him my all. You see, God is the one who can say this, and we've seen it in the book of Revelation. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The purpose of the book of Revelation, it's not so that we can know the how and the when of the future. It's not so that we can know what heaven will be like. What it has done, it has given us the, the privilege of having a fleeting glance at the things that the Lord wants us to know. And one of those important things that he wants us to know here in the book of Revelation is that he has ultimate authority over all things. We know that this book is a letter. Now that has been written to the church. Therefore, it's a reminder to the church of the importance of the gospel. The privileged position that we have in knowing Jesus as our Saviour. As we recognise the responsibility that we have towards God by being his ambassadors, as ambassadors, his ambassadors in what is a fallen world. This reminds us the importance of the words that the Apostle Paul spoke when he wrote to the church at Corinth. You can read this in 2 Corinthians 5, but let me just share those words with you this evening because we see the relevance of them in what we have seen in the book of Revelation. Paul said, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we're out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, and was raised again. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God, was that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. 
We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, these are challenging words that remind us of the challenge that we have from the book of Revelation. We've also seen that Revelation is a call to the church to protect the gospel from false doctrine and to guard against religious teaching that, in the words of the Apostle Paul, is no gospel at all. In our time in Revelation, we see that there is both full salvation for God's people and final judgment for the enemies of Christ. Now, last week, as we finished our time together in the book of Revelation, we finished with these words, the last two verses from Revelation. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. The words in this book are a revelation of God's glory and an inspiration to the believer and a warning to those who are still outside of Jesus Christ and his gospel. So, this is what I'm asking. Please set some prayerful time aside to read through this open letter that is to you from Jesus Christ. Now, we've seen that as well as the words of exaltation at the end of the book, words that we've just read, we have the opening words of encouragement at the beginning of the book. Let me just remind you of those words from Revelation chapter 1, the first three verses. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you for the time we spend in this book of Revelation. Our Father, we confess before you that we we don't fully understand the book, but we know so much from it as we see something of who you are. And our Father, we pray that this will just encourage us to want to know more, that we might read through it again, that we might continually be referring to it as we Look forward to that day when you will return. We thank you for the responsibility that you give to us, the responsibility with regard to the gospel. And our Father, we thank you for the responsibility that you give to the church, your church. And our Father, we just ask that as we look forward to that day, we will keep all these things in mind as we say, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. 
Well, I want us to just uh, finish this evening with words from another hymn. It's a hymn by Andre Crouch. I don't know if you know this name, uh, this hymn, but let me just uh, read the words to you. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we are going to see the king. No more crying there, we're going to see the king. No more crying there, we're going to see the king. No more crying there, we're going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the king. No more dying there, we're going to see the king. No more dying there, we're going to see the king. No more dying there, we're going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the king. So soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the king. You know, the book of Revelation tells us Jesus is God with us. That he paid the price that could set us free from the penalty of sin. That he died and rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven as the victorious Lamb of God. And one day he will return, the dead will rise, and he will lead his church to everlasting glory. So we can say hallelujah, hallelujah, and amen.